Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, are you? I am the producer. My name is Matt Duncan. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today? We've got another hot episode. Uh, 188th I've produced so far. Lots of fun. Uh, Freddie, how are you doing? And uh, to follow that up, I just want to let you know that there has been a conditional offer on Kyle Lowry's house. And what is that condition, Freddie? Ooh, that he stays? That's the condition? (laughs) We'll buy your house, but you cannot. You gotta stay in TO. Yeah. <laughs> no, what's the condition? We don't know, but there's a condition. There's a condition. Oh, oh okay. So it's not like a dump truck of like head and shoulders condition? No, no, no. I don't okay. think it's that. Uh, I would think it would be something, uh, you know, relating to his property. Uh, a condition that the wiring is not copper or something. I don't know. Mm, okay. <laughs> I, I go straight to basketball. Like, like don't take no. a charge on Joel Embiid type stuff. My condition would be that he has to stay living there with me and my family. And we yeah. just kind of have, you know, a fun sitcom life there. No, that's good. I think some, some, um, like there's some bully offers in Toronto where I think people just, <laughs> they buy the house and they move right in with the fam. Uh, I think that's how it works now uh, with the, with the housing market here. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, we're getting by, we're hanging in. I think, uh, right off the top, uh, let me drop some kind of like, uh, contextual breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, for this pod, uh, we talk about um, the All-Star break and the Raptor season as if uh, we're kind of going to we were going to go right into um, the All-Star break because of the, the COVID protocols. Right. But it does seem like the Pistons game is very much on. Wow. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, McCaw, OG. Oh, my God. Pascal. Uh, and I believe uh, one other player, um, who did I say? McCaw. And uh, there's one other guy that's missing it. Do, 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 do. Flynn. Malachi Flynn is the other person who will be out due to COVID protocol. So, uh, well, uh, obviously, yeah. Keep so up to so Baines that. and Thomas are going to play 40 minutes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got Kyle in there, you know? Oh, my uh, God. I'm sure Boucher is going to go off. It will be a very, very interesting game in Detroit for sure. I mean, uh, it is Detroit. So that is, I mean, a positive at least to play a uh, bit, bit of short, a consolation. But um, yeah, geez. you know, just uh, just a kind of a, a quick medium take, you know, maybe this shouldn't happen and maybe uh, they need to slow things down just a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But um yeah, let's let's jump into some some good feel pod stuff yeah. that people need to know. So so Matt, you know, if people want to support us, follow us, wear cool <clears throat> anti itch toque. Right. Um, you know, how do they do all those things? Well, if you kids are on the Instagram and the Twitter, 
We've got our Linktree link there for everything. So if you do want to support us on Patreon, there's a link for that. If you do want to buy a toque, there's a bloody link for that too. If you want to check out our website, there's a link for that too. And then for all our podcatchers and stuff like that, there's a huge list. I think it sends you to another thing called Podkites. And then, you know, there's like 15 different podcatchers that you can choose. You can subscribe and then, you know, you get the... you get the episode as soon as it hits. You don't have to go looking for it or snooping around. We deliver it to you. That's the great thing about subscriptions, if you want to know what that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it, please, you know, if you can support us, that would be great. We know, you know, times are tough. No, no press. But we are, uh, you know, Freddie and I were talking and we are going to start doing a lot more bonus content that is in our in our to-do list. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to try and do one per month and it'll go on Patreon first for a bit. And then, you know, we'll, for now we'll release it uh, to the general public as well as we start building our our Patreon up a little bit. Oh yeah. Well, uh, thanks so much, Matt. And I think uh, I'll also add on there, you know, me and Matt have some pretty cool ideas for this additional content, Mm -hmm. but if you have any ideas, uh, you know, feel free, feel free to email us, tweet us, whatever. Yeah. Uh, And, um, I think, wait, is there something else I wanted to add on there? Uh, I don't think so. Just, yeah, just, just let us know. Oh, you know what I was going to say? Um, just thank you for everyone who's been recently, you know, sharing this yeah. pod and getting the word out and, you know, kind of helping us. Uh, however you've been doing it, uh, we're feeling it and yeah. we're definitely appreciating it. So thanks. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback, which is really nice. And, you know, we've been doing this for over six years now. So it's, uh, it, it's brought a lot of joy to us, you know, it's, and we, we've, we've seen a lot we've talked a lot of raptors and boy as i've said before it's confederacy uh, dunks is quite the time capsule for the toronto raptors you're dang right uh and i think i think before we jump into uh raptor stuff i think um i just want to touch on uh you know we brought up in the intro last week that of course was that uh Masai was still owed an apology for adam silver uh in regards to the uh assault uh, yeah. after the, so the assault on Masai. And then right uh, after we recorded, he got the apology. That's per right. Se. <laughs> um, and so I, I just thought, uh, you know, for kind of like, so everyone knows what's up. Uh, I'll read the, uh, the first statement Adam Silver said, and then I'm also going to read uh, Adam Silver's apology. Uh, then Matt, we can, you know, quickly reflect. Right. Uh, okay. So first things first, uh, what he did say after this happened. So you can imagine the state uh, you know, Messiah's in and not exactly sure what Adam Silver was trying to do here. I think he was trying to maybe kill the situation, which is, uh, you know, a part of white supremacy and the racist culture. So here we go. Um, uh, when asked about what happened to Messiah, he said it's a it's part and parcel of what comes with someone who is living on the edge a bit and is hardwired to sort of march forward with incredible energy. Lessons learned for him. Without assigning culpability or blame to anyone as a leader, those are the kinds of situations he needs to learn to avoid. So, I mean, just flat out victim blaming, a horrible statement from wow. Adam Silver. Uh, and this is why, you know, I think we got to keep the pressure on. Uh, I say, you know, we as in the royal we, you know, this is a zeitgeist thing. So, you know, you can't let these things slide, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, here's his uh, apology statement uh, reported by Michael Grange. When I watched that last bit of the interview, 
in light of what we now know, I would love to take those words back. Silver, Silver told Sportsnet during a recent phone interview. Masai and I at this point have probably talked about that night 100 times since then. He has my full and unequivocal support. But I apologize to Masai for what I said in that interview. Believe me, when I look at that now, I cringe when I watch it. Mm. Uh, So I'll say this. I do appreciate uh, that in the statement, there does seem to be some reflection. I do also appreciate the use of the word cringe because I feel like it does highlight just how wrong he was and just how kind of like icky and painful that was Mm -hmm. where I feel like more work needs to be done is, is this part of the statement where he says, uh, you know, I've talked with Masai a hundred times about that night and he has my full and unequivocal support. So I guess I believe that a little bit more if there wasn't an apology after the charges were dropped um, more than a year later. So, you know, get out in front of these things. Don't wait until you're embarrassed to apologize. Mm-hmm. That is my main thing. Apologies are good, though. So I do appreciate that. Uh, yeah. I hope it didn't take everything away from you, Matt. But No, yeah, like I, I think you uh, I agree with your your sentiments. Exactly. I just think that that you know, he could, he should have got out in front of this a little bit more in support of Maasai instead of it, you know, playing that same old violin. You know what I mean? It's just, an apology is great, but uh, really I, I, there shouldn't have been a place where he, he needed to apologize, right? If he did the right thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. And like, I think Masai was left out there hanging for such a long time. Like, you know, like he really uh, was unrepresented and just kind of like, you know, they let, they let this officer mount his like, you know, I would say just utterly pathetic and racist charges against Masai and they should Mm. have spoke out against it. Um, And that's just straight up what should have happened. And they should still go further to, to, to speak against what happened. You know, I, they yeah. That action further. Like, and I, and I don't know how long like Messiah's had that footage, like from the, 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 the cop he's probably had it for a long time. Right. Man. Like, so like doing all these things, he's just kind of like, huh? Okay. And during these hundred nights, was he like, you know, I've got footage of this, right? Like I've got footage of this guy, like assaulting me for no reason, you know, like, just like, <laughs> did that, I just don't understand how, I mean, I do understand, obviously, just just the way this this has always gone. But um, I don't know, man. Masai's he's just one of the he's one of the greats, man. He's just like just even how he handled it is just wow. Yeah. So so can't say enough about him. Yeah. Um, Well, I think on Masai's wonderful note, uh, let's get this pod rolling and let me say, um, email your city councilors, uh, Black Lives Matter, and defund the police. Let's keep on the pressure. Uh, Matty D, if you feel like we're good to go and we're good to get this pod rolling, please, sir, just give me those sweet, sweet words. Okay. Okay, Okay, let's, let's... 
bring on the guests. Let's bring on guest number one. Uh, he's a very hilarious dude. He's he's good at stand up, improv, sketch, writing. Um, he's a good athlete, so he's told me. Maybe not. Uh, we agree on a lot, but sometimes we disagree. Uh, we'll we'll find out what we what we agree or disagree on. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone. For Yawatua. Wait, is this new? This is new. This is the same guy. It is. It is like beach. It's, like always, it's always beach. Also, the description you uh, uh, you gave to me also applies to your other post because I mean the other guests. I was like, what's gonna be on? And it's like we're we're both great athletes. It's like this is a toss up. I uh, I felt that as I was saying, reading the intro, and I'm like, oh man, I can go like, I can I, I can like slip the screen here and like, you know, pick in either direction. People don't know where I'm going. I don't even know where I'm going. I, I didn't I didn't know. I mean, I mean, your your other guest also a great athlete, also is hilarious. It was like the stand up was like, mm, maybe maybe that's it. But. He's the type of person who's like, he probably just doesn't want to do stand-up. He could rock it. You uh, would absolutely, no doubt, absolutely would kill in stand-up. If they yeah, I do believe he'd kill him whatever he tried. And, uh, you know, without further ado, let's, let's bring him on. Um, since we're talking, uh, uh, you know, uh, athletics, this gentleman shoots his three exactly like Chris Boucher, in that also it goes in about 47% of the time. Uh, it's kind of like a trick shot, but it really isn't, I guess, because it works all the time. Uh, he's an amazing improviser, producer, hilarious person. I guess he'll let us know if he does stand up uh, or or if I'm insulting him by this very intro. Please give it up uh, as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Matt McCready. Oh, yeah, everybody. You can see me Monday to Friday, opening for John Mulaney across the country. He is out of rehab and ready to go with me, an improviser, do the stand-up opening up for him. Hey, Freddie, hey, how is everyone doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I I love your energy. Um, It was chaotic. Thank you. Thanks. It's all downhill from here. Uh, I think I think you're probably right, but I think it's going to be maybe a fun downhill, like an alpine. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like ski free. A yeti will be like chasing skiing? us the entire time, <laughs> yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll have to dodge him. Sorry, it's like like skiing or rolling down a hill. It's downhill, but it's a lot of fun. Oh exactly. yeah, exactly. I've been rolled down a hill in a long time. And every time I watch, you know, videos of people tubing down the hill and in snow, they never really get airborne. There's not any accidents or anything like that. Uh, it's usually pretty just comfy, comfy tube trip down the snow hill. And this analogy has just went nowhere. So let's get popping and just jump into some Raptor stuff. Can't uh, wait. Me either. Uh, <laughs> Maddie D, please, good sir. Give me your most delicious Raptors sting. Was that Modoc uh, telling us all to assemble? That was a cool sound. 
Duncan, can you can you chime in here? Uh, yeah, that uh, I, I can't confirm that it was. Sorry, Modoc. Uh, <laughs> there was a Brontosaurus whale, like a, a giant face villain in Marvel. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I know him. Oh, he's, he's not great. He's a very D-list Marvel character. And oh, I think- how dare you, Modoc? Bill's <laughs> coming out and it's. Patton Oswalt, who's voicing Modoc, and it looks tremendous. Yeah, yeah. Be, be on the, the the train for Modoc because it's going to be a big hit this year. Everyone's going to be talking Modoc by June. <laughs> Modoc, okay. Uh, well, Matt, you know, since we're talking about your stings, can I just ask, did Yao have different music? Yes, he did. Um, it, have we run into copyright? Listen, finally? listen. Uh, now, I do have, a, for the one that he usually has, I have a copyright uh, Creative Commons license for it, but it keeps getting flagged by YouTube. And now that our YouTube's starting to get a little bit of a boost, you know, I don't want to screw around with it. So I did have to get some some different music. Staying with the summer beach vibe, I felt like, uh, you know, still had that. But well, yeah, just trying to clean up the YouTube uh, flagging. <laughs> Hey, I, I hear you. The last thing I want is to be, you know, like viciously attacked by like YouTube fans or yeah. You know, I, I don't know how they rectify the copyright stuff, but um, no, I, I need you to get those YouTube ducats, yo. Get exactly. Well, you know, this is the, for all of us. But but yeah, let's let's jump to you first um, and kind of just talk about where we're at right now with the Raptors, um, which is basically. You know, there was some mystery around Kyle Lowry at the beginning of the year in regards to COVID. But, you know, because of privacy laws and the way that works, we don't get to know who has had COVID and when uh, for good reason. Um, But uh, it seems clear that however they've dodged, whatever they've dodged, that's over now. So uh, it started with kind of this weird story of the coaching staff and, you know, uh, Sergio Scoriolo. Uh, coming back from Spain. So he was able to kind of like circumvent, you know, the quarantining and that sort of thing. But then it seemed like, did it do anything? Because, you know, or maybe it's the COVID latency thing. (laughs) We don't have to go into how the virus develops and and, and that kind of stuff. Obviously, you know, everyone please listen to uh, epidemiologists in regards to that. By the way, if you're looking for a good podcast, TWIV is a very good one. It's called This Week in Virology. It's all professors talking about it. Um, oh, but, cool. Good yeah, record. It's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. how are you feeling about our team? You know, the Raptors, I guess, like, you know, COVID has finally come our way. We've now had two games postponed. Uh, the Pistons game was just postponed. I assume the last one before All-Star break will also be postponed. Yeah. How, how are you feeling? Uh, to be honest, I'm not feeling great about it. I don't, I mean, this, uh, this pandemic and COVID, uh, it's costing people quite a bit, not just like, you know, in, in games play, but like, you know, like the way people live and uh, family members, like no one has had a worse year than cat. I know cat's not a raptor, but I'll mention cat. Um, yeah. Uh, and it, it's just and like it's just tough because like for us, even though the Raptors are not playing in the city, and even it gives us like a moment to kind of pretend nothing's going on when the games are on. Uh, and this is just like kind of a stark reminder that like there's a lot going on and life is completely changed. And it's just like just just this hard reality. Um, 
And yes, you want the team to be okay. You want uh, like a lot of these guys' livelihoods are on stake to just entertain us. I mean, at the end of the day, like that's really what it's all about. It, it's and they're trying to make money for their families, and I get that, and I understand. Like canceling the season wasn't exactly on the table, but yeah, it's just tough to kind of like. When it happens to your team, it's just like, oh, that kind of that that hits a little close to home. That's another dose of reality. When if it doesn't happen to your team, you're kind of still suspended in that like air of like this, like you know, you're in this bubble of like escapism. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's hitting with me super hard. It's kind of like, you know, during COVID, we all have different flavors of escapism. And yes, we get that it is this kind of like overarching thing that is penetrating every aspect of society and there is no avoiding COVID. But also as people, we kind of look for distraction and hope as means to survive. And, you know, this... Yeah, like that's what you're saying is just hitting with me hard, too, because COVID and, you know, this pandemic, like laugh in the face of anyone's particular escapism. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of like, cool. What, what, what are you doing to, you know, like have some compassion in your life and enjoy like some moments? Well, I'll, I'll make sure to to let you know that that's not unconnected from from all the bad stuff. Yeah. Uh yeah, Matt, how are you feeling about, uh, or McCready, how are you feeling about uh, COVID and the Raptors? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, um, I mean, I don't know. Gritty put out a tweet today uh, celebrating that their fans back in the arena, you know? So you used to get like a thrill from Gritty. But even Gritty is this grim reminder of uh, how <laughs> capitalism is uh, driving so much sickness in the United States, you know? Gritty Reaper. Uh, yeah, and you have to wonder, like, how is capitalism even working? How is uh, people sitting in the stands of a hockey game good for the economy? You know, like, how does how weird is the world? So uh, I don't know. It's a reminder of uh, the sadness of the universe, which isn't exactly what I go to for basketball. So yeah. I would give it D minus, maybe an F, uh, in terms of how I feel about uh, COVID and the Raptors in general. Yeah. Yeah, well, sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that they're in the and they're in the states and they're not in Toronto uh, infecting people. But at the same time, I'm also not happy that they're in the states helping spread uh, community. I mean, they would have kept fans in the stands, Rogers and the Raptors, if the fans weren't vehemently cheering for any team but the Raptors every single game. Um, I believe that they stopped having fans in there only because it was a competitive disadvantage for the team itself. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, Matt Duncan's just putting up a little stat. This is the uh, 35th postponed game uh, for the NBA season. Obviously, it was built into the schedule a little bit, but that even is like a grim kind of like capitalistic like moment of honesty. You know what I mean? Like we, you know, we maybe should have given that even a second glance when the season started. It's like you're building in a break for sickness, kind mm-hmm. of. Like yeah, for, for, and they also like built the schedule that way. They uh, they they released the first half of the schedule to know that like the first half may be affected, the second half may be affected by the first half with postponements and things having to be moved and stuff. And then they're gonna play the second half of the season that they like basically scheduled um, 
like last week they released that schedule. Um, and I, I think it's just kind of this like weird reminder that they're, they're aware that things like this could happen and are going on and they're just pushing forward. Pushing forward is like the key expression here. And it's like pushing forward in a time when perhaps pushing forward is the only thing you shouldn't do. That was um, a big strategy in World War One to break through the, uh, you know, the uh, trenches. It's just, you just got to keep pushing people forward. And you just cost, they cost themselves hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives on failed attempts to just keep pushing forward then. Um, obviously, uh, the uh, death toll from COVID isn't as extravagant as World War One, uh, but it does seem to be uh, the same mentality of regardless of what evidence is in front of you, uh, ignore that. Human perseverance will uh, succeed in the face of overwhelming odds. And while that can be true historically, it seems like using our minds to determine when we should be doing the things we do seems like a better strategy. Wow. Well said. Like all I can say is absolutely well said. Like we we yeah, we don't we have the muscle to push forward, which is useful at times, but we also have the brain to decide when and how to push and maybe pull and lift and you know uh, deliberate. But um, well, that's my opening joke on my stand up as well. It's pretty uh, bad. Doesn't get a lot of laughs. But <laughs> yeah, that seems I'm, like I'm a bit of a crowd killer, format, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? I think the best way to approach standup is like blame the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, if you go out with that, like a big stinker, something mm -hmm. must be not right with the audience. And I think you go there first and then stay there. Um, yeah, I shame the audience for the first 20 minutes of my standup on why they are there. And then I hit them hard with some home improvement jokes. Hey, yeah, remember home improvement? Good, yeah. No, it's like, uh, I, and you know what? This is we're talking about a little bit of comedy shop here, but I'll bust out some home improvement jokes too. When <laughs> when things are not going well, you know, like reference that Pamela Anderson was in the first couple seasons, stuff, stuff mm. like that. Like fans I'm gonna put it. a fence up till here on my screen. Uh, coming up, get ready for some prop jokes later on. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, with them. I'm ready for him. Um, yeah, let's let's go to you on this first one. And, you know, maybe this will be type of like a bouncy conversation because I don't know. I don't know if we'll all agree or, or how we're going to approach this, but mm -hmm. I'm curious in your guys um, uh, selection uh, as far as like who on this Raptors team is uh, outperforming their current contracts the most. And I think this is a fun conversation because it highlights that just about everyone on the Raptors squad is outperforming their contract. Save, you know, a couple guys. But, um, yeah, let's maybe... My let's first two are Baines and Macaw. Okay, well, um, that's the pod. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Um, Go for it. You know, when we get an answer that's that good, we just got to wrap it up. Uh, JK. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Let's go to you first. Like, you know, I don't know if you put it in order of like the best three. So, but do we give me one of your top three? Uh, I think the one that's quite obvious is OG. I think OG is, uh, really outperforming his contract. Uh, I think, uh, he is, he is coming into his own. He's becoming the player that people kind of marked him to be. He's very, very valuable. I love the fact that we we're going to build around in the future. And he's only getting paid just under four mil, 
for this season. This season, he's outperforming. I, I would argue that he's even outperforming his extension. Uh, I would argue that too, for sure. His extension is uh, sixteen million dollars, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd say like he's playing like at minimum like a eighteen or nineteen or twenty million dollar player right now. When you consider, you know, the all defensive stuff, um, offense is always paid more in the league. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I still to my dying day last year, think he got a little robbed from the all defensive team. I think uh, some people, um, <coughs> Pat, mm, sorry, I was going to cough there. Pat Beverly are uh, grossly overrated defenders who play in big markets and tell how loud that tell loud that they can play defense. So I, I think the most obvious player so far one of the three that i had to go through is definitely og definitely og um i'm gonna say a quick thing and then matt i'm gonna go to you for uh go to you next but um i, th- I think yeah i just want to echo your point it's you know and i've been saying this on the pod a couple times now but uh or recently i think the the reputational aspect in the nba takes a little while to catch up and i think that's why you see like you know the idea that Rondo was still good on defense like years after he was bad or, you know, the idea that a guy like Marcus Smart is going to be like thrown around as a defensive player of the year, even if he plays a position that like really, you know, like a guard position, like you really shouldn't be in the mix for um, as far as like the potential impact you have. I mean, that whole city of Boston is living so hard on their, basically their media reputation being put out there. The fact that they still they got two all stars in the game um, when teams ahead only got one speaks volumes. I mean, I don't think they deserve two. I think Jalen Brown was a very obvious choice. I mean, people who listen to this podcast weekly would have heard uh, uh, my quickest question last week because mm-hmm. I don't think Tatum deserved an all star spot this year. He's starting to play well now, but that's not generally how that goes. You, when you uh, select an all star, who's playing well up to that point. Um, but like, when it comes to reputation, like the Raptors are slow to get a reputation into like the market and everybody else, like in LA, Boston, New York, you do like two things great or you have a good week and suddenly you're branded that player. Where like Russ Westbrook was like, Pat Beverly's not a good defender. I'll show you why. And then he drops like 40 a 40 point triple double. He's like, this is your all defender. So, and who does it like his most efficient games are against Patrick Berry. Yeah, no, it's like, and I think it's a good point because Pascal, Fred and OG are all deserving of more defensive praise than they get league wide. But Matt, let's, let's go to you. I guess first, let me know is OG in your top three. Oh, I mean, uh, I actually didn't put like rookie contracts in mind because Oh, historically rookies kind of uh you know they're always not always good deals but if they're good they're good deals you know it's just kind of written to the cba that way that's a good um, point. so i did have him on my like honorable mention i did say that he's the contract on the team that i think is the best value long term um i think that pascal is still the better player but i think you know just the um, fact that he makes almost twice as much is mm-hmm. uh, a mitigating factor on that um yeah so uh for my number one um i have uh not only the best defensive center on the raptors this year but the best defensive center on the raptors the last three years chris boucher number one on my list 
That's an absolutely wonderful pick. So, uh, I, I mean, I think it's He's a really smart. 6.8 million, I believe, or maybe less than that. 6.4, I believe, with a team option for next yeah. year. Yeah, 6.4. Um, and I wonder if we picked up the team option because it's no longer green uh, or blue. On I believe uh, they. I believe they have until after the season to pick it up. Um, and teams will very rarely um, proactively do that beforehand before they have to, you never know if they'll have a devastating injury and be out of the, the league, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, it's, it's 6.4 and, and seven and, and yeah, him and OG are, we're both on my list. Um, and there's, mm-hmm. there's one, there's one more guy, but uh, I mean, Boucher, it's like he had that mini, mini, whatever, two week period where it's like, okay, maybe the league figured him out, but then he's bounced right back from that. He's causing people all sorts of trouble. He can, he can start. He's proven he can kind of play small ball, especially with OG and Pascal uh, because, you know, he can play on the wing sort of thing. He can play with Baines too. He's a power Um, forward, you know, he's a power forward. Totally. Yeah. Like there's, there are matchups. You can play him at center. If the other team does have a center, that's going to go down the block, then for sure. Put him at center. But I mean, he's versatile. He's uh, he, he's not a playmaker um, in terms of creating for other people. But the Raptors have so many guys who are play make like play creators. You know, they don't have a lot of finishers. And uh, Boucher is a great finisher, both from beyond the arc and at the rim. He's a great finisher, even through contact, even though he weighs 190 pounds. Uh, love him. Um, yeah, and I mean. Yeah, 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 I don't have too much more to say about him unless you want to go to the next people on the list. Yeah, I was just going to go to 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 my third person and kind of see uh, see if we have the same people. But I'll add with Boucher that you know he's our only rim roller. I know we just got that yeah. guy from from the G League who can dunk on everybody. It seems. Yeah, I love Dante Hall. Yeah, he looks awesome. But uh, but yeah, Boucher is like <laughs> if he didn't roll to the rim. I do believe no one would. Uh, because I just go to and no one, maybe Bembry, but like no one on the yeah, team. Yeah, I was really, just thinking maybe Bembry. No one on the team really does that. Like they don't really have that in their game. Like Pascal could, but I think you know, yeah, we focused so much on him being like a playmaker and the play starting with him that just you know we don't really treat him as a roller. But um, okay, my third person on this list. So it was kind of a tight debate. Uh, I had OG number one, um, Boucher number two. And then for me, it was between uh, Fred and Powell. And part of me was like, you know, well, Fred's better than Powell. Fred's near all-star level. And, you know, he's outperforming his contract. Like, but Fred's contract's 21 mil. And, you know, I, I put him at like per the NBA, like playing at like maybe – I don't know, like 28 mil value, something like that. Like he's outperforming his contract, which is massive, but Norm Powell's making $10 million a year. And like, I get that he's not the level of Fred, but just this, like what he's given us, it's like, he's so much better than just a starter. And you know, yeah, the fact that like under that contract, he's played his way into basically forcing his coach's hand and being like, you can't not play me. That's how good I am. And, you know, for whatever reason, Nurse and Casey before him have been super reluctant to play uh, Norm in the starting lineup. Uh, And and all he's ever done is shown up for the Raptors when they most need it. Um, And but, you know, anyways, yeah. So so that's that's my Norm pitch. Uh, I don't know if it's Norm for you guys. Uh, Yeah, let's number two. 
Okay, so he's on. So, so you had OG Norm, and did you have Boucher too, or no? Yeah, I did. I was going to come. I have a wild answer for my third one. Um, okay, hit me with it. Uh, Kyle, I, I think Kyle is my wild answer. Listen, I know it's thirty mil. I know mm-hmm. he's not as good in his following years, but think about the value he's already brought to the team, and think about the long term effects he has for being on the team now versus the future. Like without Kyle, there isn't a there isn't steady Freddie who who may turn to the franchise Freddie. Um, uh, and that contract is like it's just enough. Like I don't believe we'll trade him. Um, I don't. I, I think he's he's going to come back and get paid about the same as Fred. Um, that's my prediction. At least get like two or three more seasons at like. I think it's a pretty accurate prediction. <laughs> like like sixty mil. Um, but like he brings so many. Winning culture is like a big deal, right? <clears throat> to get past the belief you can do it is is invaluable. It's it's why the LeBron James is always underpaid, in my opinion. I, I always think he's grossly underpaid because he brings the like the possibility that you can win, and there's very few players in the league that can do that, um, depending on their circumstance. So LeBron does it. I think Kyle does it. I think Jimmy Butler does it. Um, who makes you believe when they're on the team, they're going to perform and set an example and that you guys can do it and you can be in it even at points of the league. So now like they had a terrible start. They're half a game out of the fourth spot. I know it's the East, but I don't think, I don't think the East West divide is as big. Once you get to the top, like the top four teams in each um, of each conference, I think, you put the Raptors in a seven-game series in any game with anybody but the Lakers, they'll find a way to win in six. Um, I think Ooh. the Lakers are just... Spicy, and I love it. <laughs> I, I think the Lakers are just... Like, they're just... Too, like, you can't bet against the Ron. They're just too much. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it's 30 mil. It'll be down next year. Um, but I think at 30 mil, having that around and knowing you have that around and knowing that that team, no matter how they start, they're just going to finish strong and get in the playoffs. I think that's not, that was my, that was my legit third answer. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, Kyle Lowry is such a, you know, kind of like this, this lightning rod of emotion this year, I think for a lot of reasons. Uh, but I, I, I agree with you. I think that institutional knowledge, I mean, sorry, I'd not agree with you to the point of like having him on my list, but I, I feel like the instinct will you know, be to look at that 30 mil and be like, but there's no all-star production. And I think, you know, it's harder to look in the margins and the charges and, you know, how much do you pay a player who was, uh, you know, people genuinely wanted to coach the team when his coaches were out. Like that wouldn't happen for a lot of teams. It wouldn't be like if Boston's, you know, players went down, they'd be like, Tatum, you're coaching for sure. It wouldn't be like that. It would, you know, wouldn't even be like Kemba, you're coaching. You know, I, I think Jalen Brown might be interesting coaching the team. That guy's really smart. You know, you know what? Maybe Boston's a bad example because, like, I, even though I always slam on them, they do have a, good, a lot of good leaders. Because uh, even when I was, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm saying that, I was like, oh, Tyson. I, like, Mar- I think, you put Mar- I think- Mar- Marcus Smart in a Napoleon costume and you let him coach the team and you got yourself a movie. You know? But I, 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 I don't believe Boston has the personalities to do it. I feel like if you, like, 
just think about it this way, right? And why Kyle is in all these trade rumors? Because he he legitimately will take a team over the hump. You put him on like most teams that need a point guard or a ball handler, they're going over the hump, which is like worth that thirty mil. So like if you take them off the Raptors and you put them on the Clippers, the Lakers, the uh, the Seventy Sixers, the Celts, Miami. Don't tell me like those teams are not like suddenly like. Ooh, big threat title favorites or like you're like shadow bed. Like Vegas move, will move the numbers with him. And I think there's a reason for that. Yeah, no, I, I think like that institutional knowledge is so, so super valuable. And, and Matt, let's you know, I mean, we've been talking about Larry for, for a bit here, but uh, feel free to chime in and also um, tell us your, your, your player who's, uh, or you're the player we haven't talked about yet, who, who deserves to be kind of, um, praise for outperforming the contract yeah assuming og's contact uh contract counts and that's number one on my list i boucher second um i had it between fred van vliet and norm uh myself and i kind of went with fred van vliet um okay. even though maybe on like a dollar to dollar maybe maybe norm's worth like 18 and maybe fred's worth like uh 28 so there's not much of a difference between the two mm-hmm. the, the value of having a 28 million dollar player so outweighs the value of having an 18 million dollar player that i kind of just would put him ahead of uh, Norm. It's pretty close. You can make an argument for both. Uh, as for Kyle, it's like, I understand historically the amount of value that Kyle has had towards the franchise. But if you took Fred off the team this year, like we're screwed. Like there's no way like that Lowry can handle that load at this point at his age. You know, he's, he missed a bunch of, a ton of games and the Raptors were great while he was out. Um, obviously still providing value off the bench uh, as a mentor in that regard. Um, so I, I can't, I can't disagree more and I'm enraged. And now, now I'm fucking mad. <laughs> Guys, I you should, you I should see McCready right now. It's a spicy day. He oh, smiled I- so hard when he started to swear. <laughs> punched a hole through my uh, stovetop hat uh, <laughs> it was uh yeah i mean uh, I, I i whatever this is like a silly conversation kind of i was like a, uh <laughs> I, think, I think i was very valuable at 30 million still so um yeah um well yeah i think that kind of highlights uh what i was going for with the question here and uh let's jump to some nba stuff uh maddie uh, i know you there Please, good sir, give me your most delicious uh, tugboat-sounding Adam Silver NBA sting. National National Basketball Basketball Association. Uh, I Okay, if anyone's watching the video, uh, the reason my hand was in like a fist, I was ready to do like a honking motion because that's what the tugboat usually sounds like. Um, I don't know. Was it there? Did I miss it? No, there was no Adam Silver tugboat. I, he uh, took the night off. That's fair. You know what? Uh, tugboats uh, passing each other in the night. That's an analogy, right? Um, Matt, let's, uh, McCready, let's, let's stick with you for, for my next question here. Great. Uh, and you know what? I'm, I'm hoping this isn't, I, I'm hoping to get the bleakness uh, out of the way for yeah. this question in, 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 in an obvious, uh, obvious, like agreeance way. Cause I feel like I've listened to so many pods. I've heard so many people talk about, um, you know, this all-star game, you know, shouldn't happen. They don't want it to happen. And honestly, I haven't heard much disagreement. 
I haven't heard a lot of people who are like, no, it's I want it. Uh, and I'll fight for it. Who loves it. Like, the All-Star game, you know? Who's like, ooh, it's the best game of the year. Ooh, you know? right. Um, Stephen A. Smith was like, All-Star game, it has to happen. Like, oh. <laughs> okay, so Stephen A. Smith, cheers. Um, sure. But yeah, so with that aside, I think, you know, we can largely agree that it's like not a lot of people are looking forward to it. But with that said, given this year, what is something you think like what like how how would it be the best version of what is going to happen in your in your opinion uh yeah i like i really like the idea that the players were playing for charities uh, their own personal charities i really like that idea so i think you just jack that uh number up to a point where the players are kind of like well i kind of have to play like a maniac you know if it's like each player's charity gets like i don't know two million dollars or something you know like how hard would you do you think you'd play it uh, in that regard. So maybe that's a way to make it more interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like the captain's thing. And I think something that might just kind of be fun is the last pick of the draft has to wear a brown jersey during the game. <laughs> think or like just something ridiculous. Like any, uh, the, the worst alternate jersey maybe from their spe- uh, specific team. I think shaming someone at the all-star games is kind of fun. Yeah, uh, And also the captains can kind of whisper to each other and be like, yeah, let's pick hard and last, you know, and make somebody uh, do it and just cause a bunch of razzing. I really uh, hope they clown Harden again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love uh, the Elam ending. Uh, I kind of, I'm yes. actually a weird guy who's like, would love it if it came into effect in the NBA. Like I'd be up for starting it tomorrow. Um, but I know that's like not historically very popular. I just think like, whatever the, the game can evolve. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I really got. Um, maybe at one point, one quarter, they could play three on three. That might be fun. Um, I think you you covered a lot of where I was coming from um, in my you answer. Had brown jersey is one of your top. No, I did not. Sorry, that was funnier than anything I thought of. But the charity thing, like you worded it better because, like, I was kind of thinking, like, how do they make? Well, I guess I was framing it as like, you know, how do we take some of the energy in the you know that was in the bubble uh, and you know like advocating for for social justice and Black Lives and and kind of like in the face of this difficult time speaking to people's hope, like how do we do that more? And I think that, you know, there are, you know, it was kind of like driven home for me in the bubble with, uh, you know, when Jimmy Butler is like, I don't want to wear a specific thing. Like I don't want to pick through charities and put it on my Jersey. Like I want to be Jimmy Butler. Oh, and I, Oh, sorry, Freddie. I have a, I had a really interesting idea. Sure. What if, the players at the beginning of the year have to register as either Democrats and Republicans. And that's how you make the all-star teams. So then the charities are vastly different, you know, like, uh, and you'd play harder for it. Cause you wouldn't want the other charities to get it. You know, if you're like a, uh, a pro choice guy and you're going up against like, you know, uh, these like weird religious charities that the Republican team is playing for. And obviously it'd be like the worst team. It'd be like Gordon Haywood and like six other awful guys. And uh, <laughs> it'd just be like 190 to 60 and everyone would just be high five. It'd just be great. Like, wouldn't you tune, tune into something that awful? I would only tune it in. I tune in if you like, if it was like a stacked game, like, mm. because like I could not live with, it's like, Oh, and the game's on the line. And the winning three goes to conversion therapy. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that to me is not an option that's acceptable. Right. So I feel like if it's like, 
you can basically like they can shoot the winning three and then like you know six man style like a ghost can blow it away like if it's like you or flubber you know i always want to say introduce flubber uh you know what i mean just for excitement and yeah and, and that sort of thing uh, but no, amping up the charities, I think that actually is a really good idea. Like a lot of these players are passionate. And what, what I was kind of saying with the the jerseys in the bubble and Jimmy Butler is like, you know, a lot of people are they they kind of want to speak to different uh, passions and and kind of like causes in their lives. So making them be specific has a weird feel. And anyways, I'm just trying to accentuate what you're saying. I think pumping up what the players care about and giving them high rewards, I think would make for better TV. Also, yes to the elementing in the brown jersey and the shame. Uh, yeah, what, what about you? What's the, what's the best way to make the All-Star game like the best version of itself? So first of all, um, I'm going to remind listeners that I was at the All-Star game last year. It was incredible. It was a fantastic atmosphere. Um, with the new rule changes and the charities, I don't. the players got really, really competitive. Yes, it was amazing. And the crowd was on their feet the entire fourth quarter. It was amazing. Um, it was just, you just I haven't seen that in a while. Um, so Kyle taking now, charges late game? Taking charges late game, and tr- yeah. And, Kyle just manning, like running that team. It, it was incredible. Um, one of the things I would, I thought this is the year to do it uh, was I would I wouldn't have an all star break. I would have put it at the end of the season after the finals. I would have hmm. put it just a regular break and treated kind of like a Pro Bowl, so you have a whole season because there's only 72 games. By the way, hoping. Um, the vaccines out and you can actually have crowds at games because that would be the only reason why players even after a season would go and play because you finally have like an energetic crowd and you have like a real atmosphere um, plus if it happens in the summer like I just saw a tweet that Joe Biden says everyone's going to get vaccinated by May I don't believe it but like if you had it by summer and then everyone's like you have a sizable amount of people vaccinated you have like a real safe environment and the players can just like go home afterwards and everyone can isolate and not worry about playing more games this season so that would have been the biggest change i had um i do i love that idea by the way and i think with the schedule change it's kind of great in the middle because i think they just need it but at the same time like if you if you really wanted players to like kind of buy in because even the players were like, why are we doing an all-star game? Like, we're mm-hmm. barely going to get through and we want to throw this, like, exhibition. Like, put it at the end of the season. Um, have the same, like, stakes, and then you can kind of – like, that would have been the biggest change I, I would have made. Uh, I do like acknowledging that a player got picked last. I think that is – I like that everybody loves that. I do. I, I, think it, I, I think, one, you should acknowledge it. And the player who gets picked last gets to start like a second quarter or something. I wanted him just to start the game. He got he has to do the tip off no matter who it is. Like the last player, yeah, the last player needs to like start or needs a, like a prominent role like in the game. Like that's the only rule because they like they kind of sub however they feel after the first quarter. And I think this if uh, if. Sabonis is picked last. He needs to start the second quarter. You need to you need to draw a play up for him. Um, he's wearing the last player picked headband. Like everyone knows it. Like I, I, I was I'm all for 
that public razzing because at the end of the day, they're all all stars. Um, I want live player reactions as they get picked. I want them to talk about it. I want trash talk. So like James Harden getting picked last in the starting lineup, going, I passed the ball, guys. <laughs> I've led the league in assists. Why am I getting picked last? Like I want that. I want them to be salty. Yeah. I want. I, yeah. Even even now, they should just all be on Zoom or something as they're getting. Everyone should. Everyone after you're picked, everyone should comment about being picked. I want Ben Simmons to be like, "How come I was picked after Joel?" Like. And everyone's going to be like, well, he is starting and you are a reserve. And he's like, I, I don't care. I, I just, I'm the best player in the team. Like, I want all those reactions. I want, I want people talking trash to each other. That's the only, that's the thing I would change. I just want, I want, I want real, I want, I want the filters off. These are uh, some huge ideas. I, you know, I'm, I've, I'm, I've opened this up to, to producer Maddie D because I feel like, He'll, uh, he'll have some good entertainment ideas. Uh, and I'm trying to bump up my own idea a little bit more, but it's just trash compared to you. Like, it's a classic. I didn't put enough effort into my own question. But, but Maddie, do you give me yours. Um, okay. Well, I, uh, you know, I've never really been into all-star games at all in any sport. I got to say, like, I check in. I check in sometimes, but I like, you'll never catch me watching the whole game or the whole skills comp or whatever, but this is what would make me watch the whole thing. Okay. Now (laughs) I want the, I, you know, I want the all-stars that are there from this season to play against some of the legends. I want, I want the other team to be uh, Jordan and Iverson and, uh, you know, uh, oh, yeah, they, Bargnani. Be and sure. <laughs> It'd be easier to get Republicans if we did that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Republicans watch games, too. Yeah. Lambier, you know. Like, it's some sort of alumni game. I played an alumni game at my old high school. Yeah. Hey, Maddie D. That's I want, I, you know, just uh, I don't want to overthink it here, but uh, I would love to see that that type of alumni game, especially with this year, too. I feel like it would excite everyone to see, like, has MJ taken a shot in 20 years? Find out. <laughs> I love yeah. that. It's like he was probably in the NBA 20 years ago, but um, <laughs> no. Okay, okay. So my only idea was literally I just saw that preview for the new Mortal Kombat movie. And I'm like, it would be like to frame it like that and to like have them on, you know, basically like a, an island type thing. But I realized the UFC already did that. And then I saw so the fact that it actually happened <laughs> makes it less jokey. And anyways, <laughs> your guys' answers were so much better. So I just want to move on to my last question oh, I, here. Oh, no, one, more, one more. One more. One more. Sorry, sir. Please. One more thing. Um, and this one is less likely to happen than even the brown jersey or the uh, or uh, Freddy's Island idea. Uh, but I think at halftime, um, each player should take a half court shot. Um, and if they hit it, uh, Adam Silver gets into a dunk tank. Um, and each player that um, each subsequent player that hits a shot, the seat that he's on goes higher and higher and more hot <laughs> sauce is poured into the tub. Oh and my God. And everyone hits it by the end. He's like 30 feet in the air and it's 50, 50 water hot sauce. Oh, that's really good. So it's like, 
So it's basically he's falling and it's pretty narrow. So it's like Olympic diving board optics Mm -hmm. and he's falling into like probably not that much water. So he'll probably hurt his butt. Hey, man, I don't want Adam Silver to die at this thing. (laughs) But uh, I think uh, ridiculous humiliation is definitely on the table. Yeah, I I, I agree. I'm not against that. I'm not against it. I'm not against it one bit. Uh, the way he looks, it would look funny covered in hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked like a like a saucy French fry. But uh, yeah, uh, let's stick with you, McCready. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to go to Yao first, but actually, no, I'll save it for Yao just because he mentioned the Lakers thing before, and and I don't know where you're at. So sure. for me, it's kind of based off the Lakers. This is kind of based off the the Lakers almost. This question, and and that's because. Uh, you know, I kept saying all last year, I felt like it was the year of of many contenders. It was the NBA Jam year. You know, the league didn't have a, a Warriors type of team that was a foregone conclusion. And uh, I thought the Lakers were the best team. They did win, but also they were beatable and they weren't beaten. But I, I still kind of felt that this year and was a bit perplexed by everyone's like, oh, man, they got Montrezl Harrell and Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Gasol. Looks like they're undefeatable, and or, or like you know that looks like you can't beat them. And I'm like, I, I guess I don't get that because I feel like they're still quite beatable. And the absence of Davis for me has really kind of solidified that. Um, you know, because a team like the Jazz like looks like they're gonna hold on to the first seed. So, but but you know, LeBron in the playoffs, I really don't think you ever should underestimate that. But just in general, I, I'm more so looking for tone, like not 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 so much the playoffs, but yeah. Like, who do you think, like, like, is there a favorite, I guess, is what I'm asking you, uh, McCready. Well, Freddie, as you know, there's no bigger Marc Gasol stan than I. That's right. He has been washed since 2015. No, I'm just joking. Uh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Gasol. I don't think the Lakers are as strong as they were last year. Um, I know James has come out shooting like a maniac, but he's also a year older, and this season's going to be fucking rough on him like mm-hmm. this is like such a marathon season for someone his age i hope that he uh, obviously uh, ramps it up for the playoffs um but i'm worried with davis being out that just puts even more pressure on him um and i'm worried that we might have a season like he had with the lakers the first year he was there and he just kind of ends up breaking down by the end of the year by having too much responsibility uh schroeder being out as well doesn't help um i don't think schroeder's a great uh, Shooter's okay, but Harold's, I don't believe, a good playoff player. Um, I think that they kind of worked a little bit better with uh, Howard, to be honest, and uh, Gasol or um, or uh, Harold. Uh, I think James is so good at setting up a center who can go up and dunk that I think like not having McGee and, I mean, Gasol is one of the worst finishing centers in the league. Uh, at this point, he's shooting below 40% from the field. He's shooting 32% from three. Um, not great. Uh, he can't really move around very well. He doesn't uh, roll to the rim. And if he does, it's usually a disaster. Um, so, I mean, uh, Lakers, I don't know. I think I might actually have the Clippers in front of the Lakers in terms of teams that I'm worried about this year. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just think that, like, George is playing out of his mind. And I know he's been kind of sloppy in the playoffs the last couple of years, and last year was pretty awful. Uh, but historically, he's been very good in the playoffs, and I don't think physically he's off as much as, he, as uh, you know, someone like a Gasol would be. Uh, and I think uh, Kawhi still got a gear. I think uh, Ibaka gives him a stretch option. Uh, I just think they have a decent amount of depth. And other than those two, I mean, Brooklyn is a team that can't really get stopped 
uh, in any mm-hmm. sort of way. I just wonder if they can pick up a couple pieces at the uh, buyout market, if they can fill their holes. And then other than that, maybe Philly. Maybe. Yeah. Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you know, b- before I go to you, I'm just going to say, um, I think I'm kind of with McCready here. Like maybe not so much as like, but, but sorry, before I go to Yao, McCready, is that like, is your answer kind of like, you don't know if there's a necessarily a favorite, but it might be the Clippers. Is that fair? Well, yes. And I think like, obviously we have nothing like we had when we had Durant on the Warriors where it was bare, almost a foregone conclusion unless someone got injured, which is why the Raptors won the championship that year. That's right. Um, multiple injuries to That's some right. of the best players of all time. Um, but uh, yeah, I honestly think that a lot of it, boringest answer possible, will come down to health at the playoffs because I feel like any of these teams catch lightning in the bottle, three-point shooting, hot three-point shooting, anyone can make it to the finals. That's why Miami got to the finals last year. Exactly, and they were injured in the finals, so it yep. made them a lot less competitive. Um, I, I think health. I think you're exactly right with health because you know, short of Brooklyn, maybe uh, you know, no team has. Or no, sorry, not maybe. Uh, short of Brooklyn, no team has three superstars, so no team has that like uh, that threshold. Tobias Harris makes thirty five million. No, fair enough. Scary. Fair enough. And yeah, the you know we do have Lowry, Fred, and Pascal, so fair enough. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, let, let me kind of present it to you this way. You know, I, I know you think the Lakers are, are kind of like the favorite, but do you, do you see them as like a, what I'm really asking is like, do you see them as a cut above the Sixers, uh, you know, the Clippers uh, and um, the Jazz? How do we get this one? Oh, baby. Uh, um, let's start with the Jazz. The Jazz will come back down to earth. I do not do not. I'm not buying Jazz stock. I don't believe in the Jazz in a seven game series. The Jazz are typically Dan Quinn, though a great coach, does not have great playoff strategy. I think the Lakers are still my. I think they're still the easy favorite. I wouldn't say a cut above as presently constituted. I don't believe in the Clippers because they don't have a point guard. I don't believe in the Nets because they don't play in D. I don't believe in the Sixers because they're Doc Rivers, and Doc Rivers has traditionally not been a great coach, though he is back in the East, and maybe he will recapture some of the magic. I think Brooklyn depends on matchups to get to the Eastern Conference Finals in the Finals. I think uh, Bud will uh, – this will be Bud's last year. And yeah, but Bud will do something funny. Um. Sorry. He's not gonna the funniest thing he's going to do is play Giannis 33 minutes in a, an elimination game. Um, that would be funny, though. Is what I'm yeah. I, I just think I, I, I think the Lakers are doing the right thing by sitting Anthony Davis now. I think they still, in the first round, still prevent a matchup nightmare without Davis in a seven-game series. And then going forward, you have a healthy Davis who hopefully will not rupture his Achilles. Um, and I just... They, they're just built to repeat, and I wouldn't bet against LeBron in a seven-game series. They may lose game one in all three of the series. They end up in the finals again. I don't think Brooklyn has the defensive depth that they need. I like Philly better in, in the long run because Tobias Harris is grossly underrated right now. He's playing super well, and I think Embiid is a matchup nightmare. And I don't think Durant is going to hold on. I mean, he's just 
people are just going to throw out of them. If they need Miami in the first round, I pick Miami in a seven-game series. Ooh, um, I hope they do. Yeah, I just think I think Miami's ready for them. I think the Raptors are just, they need a piece to get, like, it'd be a more interesting matchup. I think Boston's not afraid of them. I, I think if the Raptors don't meet Brooklyn, we have a nice path, but I just don't, I don't have those reserve reservations with the Lakers. I think the Lakers have like, they have LeBron, they have good matchups. And as long as Anthony Davis is in there for the Western conference finals, so we found, uh, I think every round before it's like, it's, the first round's fine. The second round's a squeaker. It's the right to need them. And I think they're right now they're resting them and they know that too. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's pretty fair. Um, I do want to move on to quickish questions, but McCready, I don't know if you want to add anything before. Oh, uh, no. I feel like, yeah, there's like, I, I'm still in that place. I mean, where, I, I mean I'm kind of, I, I think yeah, everything you said made kind of sense. You too. Know? Like, I don't think there was anything too egregious there. I think, yeah, I think we can all agree that almost anything can happen in the playoffs this year and we wouldn't be super shocked. Like, I think there's a top yes. four in the East that are, kind of obvious in terms of teams that are dangerous. And I think it's uh, um, no particular order, Philly, uh, Brooklyn, uh, uh, Milwaukee, and Miami. Like, I think those are like the kind of clear top four to me. Mm. Um, Can I say I'm still, I I had Miami in seventh in the East and I think I'm still there. Like, I don't think they're better than Boston, Indiana, or Toronto. Hmm. I think maybe I'm just too low on on Miami. I just think they're a matchup nightmare for any team. Like they're not playing well right now, but you don't want to see them in a seven game series. Like if Miami, if Miami, Brooklyn meet in the first round, I'm putting, I'm, I'm betting on Miami. I would just love that so. so I would just, I would love it. I think Bam will show up. I think Jimmy Buckets would show up. I think they would just look at it, and I think they would take it personally that the betting line was against them. And I, I just, I, they're just a team that Brooklyn, Brooklyn, if Brooklyn sees, they, they see them, they're just going to be very upset. Um, yeah. And I think the other note is everyone is so used, because Golden State got everyone really used to an overwhelming favorite that we forgot that there are favorites that are not overwhelming. They are just yes. yes. We're so used to being like Golden State, of course. Yes, I think that's what I was trying to say. It's just, we, we saw that for like five years. Um, and we we're just like, oh, okay, that's obviously they're like a cut above. But like, now we just have solid favorites. We can't lose, but I still solid favorites for a reason. Yeah. Um, well, I think the playoffs are going to be pretty entertaining. And one thing we didn't really talk about when it came to COVID earlier is that the fact that I think every player will be vaccinated by the time the playoffs come along as well. Um, so at least we won't right. have to worry about, you know, people missing rounds at a time. Uh, yeah, we'll that's that, that, that's that's a really good point, and you know, hopefully, uh, an optimistic one. Uh, fastest uh, vaccine in in history, so that's pretty cool. Um, but let's see, let's do some quickish questions and, and finish this on a on a light, silly. Quickish questions. No, I don't know what the hell uh, I was like building up towards. But uh, Maddie, Maddie D, good sir, please uh, give me your most delicious quickish questions. Sting. Okay, who is like the? What is that? 
that cool borders voiceover what, what what was that who's that rad who's that rad dude piping in on the quickest question sting matt uh, are you talking to me or are you talking to McCready? Oh, wait a second. Was that, was that, yeah, that was just, just me, uh, uh, improvising, you know, I'm desperate. Okay. desperate. <laughs> Consider me easily entertained then because you know, I, I for I sure thought it was Matty D. Uh, and, and I was like pretty pumped. I thought it was like, well done too. Okay. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> sorry oh, that I, compliment. I... I'm a natural sting. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I'll take my apology back. Uh, I should <laughs> be very comfortable um, being thoroughly entertained by like, you know, <laughs> pulling it amazing improv. But, uh, let's, let's get popping on quickish questions here. Uh, you know, you guys know how this works. I'm going to read these questions as quick as I can. Uh, I'm going to stutter and slur and, um, Stroke, hopefully not. Uh, but I might misread a comma. Uh, it's going to be, yeah. Ma- uh, Maddie D is cueing me. No phoning a friend, okay? No. Yeah, you can, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to phone. Put it down. Put it away. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, you, you you can't basically take your time with the answer. You just got to hit me with it uh, and and understand that's how it works. Are we ready to go? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Matty D, hit it. Let's go uh, McCready, Yao, Matt. Okay, McCready. Mm-hmm. Steady Freddy or Franchise Fred? Uh, Steady Freddy. I think there's too many franchise players for the Raptors right now, and I think Steady Freddy rhymes and is fun to say. Okay, agreed. Yao, or- has the NBA undone all their good work in terms of COVID awareness and standards by how they have operated this season. I wouldn't say they've completely outdone. I think they've just disappointed because the bubble was such a success. So they've shown they can do things in a more safe way. And they're kind of like linking the player. They're, they're making, trying to make as many people as happy as possible, which you really can't do when you're fighting a pandemic. Matty D. Yes, sir. What are you going to miss most about All-Star Weekend? We know you love All-Stars. <laughs> what am I going to miss most? Um, you know, just these guys are battling all year. They hate each other, but then they come to the All-Star game and they crack a couple beers and have a laugh, talk about how fun life is, and uh, I'm going to miss seeing those smiles. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to miss seeing Embiid and LeBron chugging a beer together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, McCready, uh, can Harden win MVP this year? No. Yeah. Who is, who is, who is, there's two other guys on his team that could possibly win it as well. And uh-huh. it's like, there's other better candidates. You see, it's the right answer. So. I asked the questions. Uh, give me a better one next time. No, I'm just <laughs> okay. Who is first pick for the All-Star game? Yeah. Oh, uh, LeBron's picking first. It's Yas. Ooh. Uh, Matty D. Yes. With Rosier, Hayward, and Kyrie, and I guess Al Horford having great seasons. How do you view the Celtics now? 
<laughs> I mean, I'm very happy that they're 500. I'll tell you that. Um, thought they would be a lot better. I'm surprised, actually. Very surprised with the Boston Celtics. But very happy with, uh, you know, them kind of, what, tied with us right now? Love mm-hmm. it. Yep. Freaking yeah, love surprised. it. I thought they might be like... That's a game behind New York. I thought they'd be like... New York. Oh, my God. Uh, New York was in my top four, but I forgot them. <laughs> uh, McCready. Yeah. What era of NBA style on and off court speaks most to you? Oh, uh, yeah. I'd probably go with like late 90s, early 2000s. I remember Slam Magazine had the top 10 outfits that got the NBA to institute a dress code. And number one, <laughs> number one, and it's not like anything I approve of or, or anything, but number one on that list was uh, Jason Williams showing up in overalls and a t-shirt that said instead of Home Depot, the Ho Depot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> came to the gay man. And so I have to say, uh, ridiculous, slightly misogynistic tease from the early 2000s. Oh my God, big, big shirts. And oh, that was a good time. Um, if, if you want to see the era, just watch that Vince Carter dunk off. You'll, you kind of see what they're all wearing. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, Yao, um, give Freddie me an NBA 2K rating. Uh, so you're enthusiastic. You have pretty good endurance. Okay. I think you <laughs> um, have some ball skills and uh, I'm going to give you a little higher defensive awareness than most people would. Oh, wow. Uh, I will give you a solid 72. Oh my God, that's that's amazing. I definitely, if you're going to really put me in 2K, it's got to be like 29. Um, like, like the, it's got to be some weird glitch where like I take a charge and get a, and get like, like taken off on a stretcher. Like, that's what it would be like. But yeah, this is like a fun bonus question because I, I can't ask Maddie D the follow-up. And the follow-up is now give Maddie D a 2K ranking. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Matty is always in the right place at the right time. He's always supportive of said teammates. Uh, I would also give him a. I would give him a seventy-three. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> this sound better than Freddie. Because it sounds intangibles. Intangibles, <laughs> uh, fair. Okay, uh, Matty D. Yes. Um, Lamelo has seemingly inherited the nickname Mello. And the three to the head thing, um, when he hits the three, celebration. Uh, f- uh, sorry, Lamelo has inherited this from Carmelo Anthony. Right. What What would a younger player inherit from your game? <laughs> and bonus points if you can make a nickname for what what that would be as well. Um. Well, I feel like. Um... I would be, I'd be the guy that I don't know what I could do on the court, okay? But I would make sure that everyone's hydrated, and uh, uh, my, I don't know, my nickname would be like uh, Super Mario Sunshine. (laughs) 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 Yep, that's. I mean, sorry, Maddie D. Do you have a better nickname than that? Uh, I was gonna just say maybe like H two. Whoa! Oh. I'm always making sure they have their electrolytes. Uh, and just a little add in from Brian Kimmel about uh, for a friend of the pod and amazing DJ Brian. Um, uh, 
sorry, I'm just I I, uh, I blanked out there for a sec because I had to find it again. But he was just saying, uh, Matty D's uh, 2K ranking is uh, is a Galaxy Opal, which sounds amazing, and it sounds like a big compliment to Matty D. Wow, I think I was blanking out because what is that like a Brian, Pokemon reference? What is a Galaxy Opal? It's something. It's an Opal. It's cool. <laughs> but I was gonna say about Brian, your boy Brian is, is his DJ name. So so make sure to check him out. But uh, McCready, yes, Will Jordan Clarkson, mm-hmm. my long lost cousin. This is uh, from friend of the pod uh, Dexter Ariola. Be the next Jamal Crawford slash Lou Will. Oh, so yeah. You know, yeah, I think he's kind of already there. He's having a really great season. He really uh, is. I don't think he's as flashy as Crawford. I think Crawford's kind of style was uh, uh, one of a kind almost. Um, I think his handle was just so ridiculous. And I think Craw- uh, so. Uh, and I don't think he draws fouls as much. So he's his own player. But I definitely think in terms of like six man who comes in and heats it up. Yeah, he's out there. He's a really good bench player. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Should the Raptors use their extra cap space to fund the cloning of actual Velociraptors. Absolutely. For folks who are checking out, Shrine just kicked in. Mm-hmm. Um, Maddie, uh, Maddie D, which Raptor has a future in comedy? Raptor uh, Bembry. Okay, Bembry. Uh, McCready. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Sergio Scariolo taking over the head coaching role? I'm surprised he gave it up. Surprised he's not just taking control of the team and mm-hmm. just locking Nurse out and being in charge uh, indefinitely. But good for him for uh, standing down. <laughs> yeah, thanks for standing down, pal. Once you uh, get the Infinity Gauntlet, man, just keep it on your hand. But you know, give it back. I guess good for him. Yeah. Sometimes Thanos uh, is just like, here you go. Um, <laughs> That's what Thanos like. Uh, yeah. Uh, how many all-star appearances do you think Freddie Van Vliet will have in his career? Uh, four or five? Whoa! Wow. Whoa! I, I, I think... I, I, here's the thing. I think he's well, an all-star. I, I think he's an all-star this year. Um, as I said, I don't believe Boston deserved two. Um... I think you just need winning years, and he's the winning engine behind it. Plus, Canada's going to show up for him next year. Um, so I can see it. I mean, we got DeMar starting in like five in a row, I think, or something like that. And we got Kyle in three. So just based on fan votes and his lovableness with the city, I could see, I could see him getting four. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Last question. Then we're gonna do an all play. Uh, Maddie D. Do okay. you think the Raps would benefit uh, from the time off of their last two games uh, if their last two games are canceled before the break, or is it kind of like snapping? Is snapping momentum like a bad idea? Oh well. I mean, there's gonna be an All Star break anyway. I don't know if the two games are gonna make much more of a difference uh i do think that these postponements are they definitely affect teams you know if you have to take a few games off so i don't think it will because the raps are champs and they got a lot of championship players on that team and uh they'll they'll when when it resumes they'll be ready to go i love it okay uh, last question i'll play uh this is gonna be a fun one 
we'll start with you, McCready. Yeah. Um, what's your fondest memory of former Raptor Tyler Hansborough, and where does he rank in the greatest Raptor of all time list? Oh, wow. Let me answer the second part first. Nearly last. Um, <laughs> Look him up. I mean, the, the, the best part about watching Hansbro, it's almost like watching an episode of Jackass. You have this like wide-eyed monster going out on the court and just doing... Remember when he carried a guy backwards on his back for like seven steps and then fell over? A total gong show of a player terrible uh casey played him way too much at center sometimes even though he can't do anything defensively uh, awful <laughs> hey <laughs> he started in a playoff game for us um yeah uh what's your favorite uh, uh hansborough memory and where does he rank all time uh i just the fondest fondest memory i would have is him flexing in his North Carolina jersey and I don't have fond memories of him on the Raptors. Very uh, fair. Uh, where would I rank him? I would probably rank him uh, just below Oliver Miller. Uh, way below Oliver Miller. <laughs> I love Miller. Yeah, no love for the big O. That's okay. I have no love for the big O either. Matty D? Uh, yeah. I'm just looking him up. Have you been able to research? Should I throw my answer in? (laughs) Um, Well, okay. So we started the podcast in 2014. That was his last season with the Raptors. He played two seasons. He played 74 games. You focused on Hayes way more than him. Yeah, that definitely is who caught my attention in that year. Uh, I don't remember him at all from that season. At all. So, you know, sometimes uh, the best memory is the, the one that doesn't exist. Yep. Um, okay. I'll throw in my, my shot, sunshine of the spotless hand, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's that. Maybe if we titled our episodes, that I for sure, th- like this episode will be called. Can you say that one more time, McCready? Eternal sunshine of the spotless hands, bro. Pretty much anything Maddie D says, I work in sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Little Maddie Sunshine, the best indie flick of the year. Um, <laughs> My mind is he played with his brother, his little brother, uh, in a game, and for whatever reason, his little brother was like eight inches smaller and a point guard. Um, and someone was like gonna fight his little brother, and he fully snapped and was like gonna like choke the guy, and it was just really quite a scene. And anyways, that's my fondest memory. What? Where was this? Was this was this, the this was in the NBA? Uh, I think he was as a pacer Um, but yeah I forget what his his brother's name is but yeah he was like a point guard and was very much like a 10 day contract type guy oh okay cool Uh, but yeah he was was ready to to defend his little brother and that was uh, very exciting at the time Uh, but uh, we've made it to the end of the pod Uh, thank you both so much for doing it Uh, thanks for everyone listening sharing uh, following supporting all that good stuff Uh, Let's go to you first. Um, yeah. Uh, what's up? Where can people, you know, check you out, follow you? What do you want them to know? Uh, I'm going to point out it. Yao Experience on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can go to my website, yaoexperience.com. Uh, Y-A-W Experience. What's going on? Nothing. I'm, ch- I'm chilling. I'm chilling for now. I'm, I'm working on something. Uh 
I used to host a podcast and uh, it, it, it stopped. Maybe this is going to be my butt kicking you it. So people listen to me like, where's that podcast? Um, and uh, we might just record like a 10, five or 10 episode reunion. So we're, we're just talking about it now. It's a movie podcast. Is that right? Sounds good. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm into it. If you're listening, please follow Yao and uh, message him directly. And like, he'd just be like, where's this podcast at? I'm really excited. Like, you said you need a kick in the butt. You don't even know me, but I'm ready to do that. I'm, I'm ready um, for it. Come, come at it. Uh, McCready, what's up? Uh, what, what can, what can, what do you want people to know? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll... I start. Oh no, go ahead. Uh, I started a, uh, a podcast um, every single day. I'm running down uh, <laughs> from tallest to shortest uh, people on earth. Um, and uh, we are uh, 33,000 episodes in now. Uh, wow. So we're still in the sevens, uh, but we're hoping to get down into the sixes soon. So you've passed George Mirasan. <laughs> Mirasan was passed a while ago. He's still alive. He's actually shrunk a couple inches since uh, his heyday <laughs> at the NBA. He's actually only about seven foot four now. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're interested in knowing uh, heights of people, each episode is about 10, 11 seconds long. Um, yeah, uh, it's a passion project. And we've had a lot of time in the pandemic. So I've just been really focusing in on that. <laughs> Uh, hell yeah. That, I, I want to like riff on that, but that's such an insane concept that I'm just like, let it, let it, let it just breathe. Think about that and enjoy. <laughs> Yao's cough laughing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in a good place here. It kills me. Every time, like I was just saying the other day. And I'm guilty of it too because I was like, maybe I'm going to do a podcast. It's like every comic has to have a podcast. And you're just like, just. It's just the perfect answer. It is the perfect answer. It's just fantastic. You're fantastic, Yao. McCready, you're fantastic. Maddie D, you're fantastic. Our Raptors are uh, fantastic and hopefully will be uh, healthy soon. Um, We'll learn more. But uh, yeah, that's it for the pod. So thanks, everyone, again. And um, Maddie, if you feel like we're we're good to go, please, sir, just uh, give me the okay. (laughs) 